that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is the buttoned up and always presentable Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I had to dress up for the office today, but uh, I'm sweating through it after that U.S. match we just saw. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the U.S. advances 1-0, scores two goals in the group stage and advances. Hey, look, that's, that's, that's all they needed, right? Lock up. No <laughs> no goals except for the pin. That's it. Um, but yeah, some some uh, that'll be interesting. They got Netherlands, the Dutch next. So Who looked really um, good. Yeah, not a. The Dutch have always been my, my. Uh, it's funny they've actually been my uh, favorite f- uh, FIFA team on FIFA for. Oh really? Time. A huh. long, long time. Memphis Depay is yeah. someone I've had in my ultimate teams for about the past seven years. Oh yeah, Memphis so, Depay is really good. What a guy! What a guy! Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah. So a lot of college basketball to talk about. Um, we are, <laughs> Ish and I are obviously battling through the football season, mm-hmm. and uh doing our best to cover everything we can, but it is uh, asking a lot right now, uh, especially <laughs> during Thanksgiving week, trying to travel around and everything, mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot. But still, we have a lot to talk about, and so I'm excited. And uh, we start on the men's side uh, today, and just on a general overarching um, you know, place to start, we talked about all these teams in the prior podcast and, and throughout this season, but... The new AP poll came out ish, and Houston mm-hmm. is number one. Texas is number two. Baylor is number six. We predicted this was going to happen, but it is here. How are we feeling? Feeling pretty good, right? I mean, we figured this would be kind of a, a coming. I mean, you know, when Baylor won the national title, it was kind of like that was kind of like the official coming out party for the state, I think, mm-hmm. as far as like being a, a national power in basketball. But now we're seeing like the next step, which is everybody else catching up to Baylor, right? Um, Tech, of course, made the title game a couple of years ago under Chris Beard. And so him going to Texas, reviving that program, kind of staying mm-hmm. relevant themselves. Houston now having this completely resurgent era under Kelvin Sampson. And we're seeing, you know, we'll, we'll talk about TCU in a bit, but TCU having last the season they did last year. Yeah, we're finally starting to see like the top to bottom you know, uh, a growth as a whole, um, you know, both Texas programs dominating the SWAC as well. If you want to go to the mm-hmm. smaller mid-majors, like we're finally starting to see everything coming together. And honestly, they're having more success in basketball than they are in football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a North Texas alum, so that's definitely mm-hmm. the case uh, there. Um, yep. 
Same with Texas. Definitely same with Texas State. <laughs> they just fired their head coach. So I was about to say, yeah, we got some movement there. Um, but yeah, just I just wanted to highlight those three teams, especially because I think that's I, I've watched a ton of college basketball. I, you know, I'll just sit there and just watch it because I don't have anything else to do, you know. And mm-hmm. I watched Purdue, I've watched Creighton, Arizona, all these teams, and I mean Gonzaga, all these teams, and I'm just like, Houston is legitimately to me, the best team in the country. 100%. And I've, I mean, I know they struggled a bit in their last game um, with, uh, it was Kent State, right? Yeah, Kent State only won 49-44. I did not get eyes on that game, so I can't, you know, talk about it too much. But mm-hmm. uh, they played Kent State. Kent State is ranked 80 in Kent Palm, so a really solid team there. Not a pushover. Offense struggled, only scored 49 points. Cool. The defense shows up, though. So they now have played, I mean, three teams in the top 120 in Kent Palm and, uh, beat Oral Roberts by 40, beat Oregon by 10, and then beat Kent State by 5. Um, I think we talked about it on the prior podcast. We probably won't have to talk about Houston in depth until Alabama on December 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to dive into them deep here. Texas, though, Texas we will be talking about very soon. Uh, yes, Texas very, plays very soon. Creighton on Thursday, December 1st, and then plays Illinois on Tuesday, December 6th. So we'll probably talk about the Creighton game after that one, probably on Friday, and then Illinois next week. Uh, Creighton is at home, which I think is a huge advantage for Texas, considering the you know new newfound home court advantage they have. But we will be talking mm-hmm. about Texas very very soon. Oh yeah, I think you know especially after that Gonzaga win, which is just a huge coming out party for this this year's team. Um, and Gonzaga not looking as bad as I, I you know I, I I thought they were underwhelming heading into the Texas game. Obviously, the Texas game played into that more. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as as maybe pedestrian as I thought they were. They still are not last year like the past couple yeah. of Gonzaga teams we've seen. Um, but they're probably a little. They're probably. They, I feel like they are a top twenty-ish, fifteen-ish team. Um, yeah, they're fourteenth right now. I think. Right, and so I think that's about that's about right for them. I think they might have been a little overrated to start the year, but. Creighton is a team that I think is very much in that conversation as far as top 10, um, potentially a ceiling of top five. And they've looked really, I know they just lost Arizona, but Arizona is also probably in that top yeah. five, three range right now mm-hmm. as well. Um, I tweeted out that uh, uh, Court, I didn't expect Courtney Ramey to be in the All-American conversation already. Yeah, he's, he's hooping. Playing, he's playing sensational ball yeah. right now for them. They look insane on offense. Um so yeah, that's gonna be a fun like that. That's gonna be a fun team to track as well. And but yeah, that Creighton team, I'm I'm very fascinated to see how Texas gears up against them. Yeah, Baylor plays Marquette tonight on uh, the night of Tuesday, November 29th, and then plays Gonzaga Friday, December second. Uh, so we will be talking about Baylor soon as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to give them a shout out for uh, Texas filling up three of the top six spots in the new AP pool. So that's a that's a a nice accomplishment for for those. One thing teams. I will say. Um, I know Jarris Walker suffered a bit of a, a small injury, sprained hamstring mm-hmm. um, against Oregon. And I believe Joseph Duarte tweeted out that after the uh, Kent State game, uh, which is their last game uh, played on uh, this past Saturday, he admitted, because they only won by five, right? It was a very mm-hmm. low scoring game. Um, he admitted that he probably shouldn't have played him in that game. And yeah. so I'm curious if they may rest him against Norfolk State. We'll see. Um, and kind of hold him out for um, – uh, uh, St. Mary's because I got St. Mary's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, um, but just something to keep an eye on going forward. Definitely. Now a team that was in the pretty high in the AP poll to start the year and have fell out in our opinion, you know, justifiably so was TCU. Mm-hmm. 
And TCU bounced back and had their best performance of the year, beating Iowa 79-66. to And I watched the first half of that game, and it looked like a new TCU team. It looked like the TCU team we expected. We thought we would see. <laughs> yes, that's what it looked like. And I'm just really happy that we at least get to see it because this is this is their first team in the top 200 in Kempom, their first mm-hmm. opponent of this caliber, and it comes in a – a team in Iowa in a neutral court game uh, in a tournament that I believe LSU was in last year, but they, I mean, they just looked really, really good De- uh, defensively to hold Iowa to 66 points. I think that's where I want to mm-hmm. start to hold Iowa to 66 points. And there were stretches where Iowa was unable to score like for minutes on end. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is what we wanted from TCU. Um, they still don't have Damian ball. But the depth that we talked about when we were yelling at TCU about how can you be this bad is mm-hmm. still there and it's still capable and it showed up. So good good one for TCU. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing I was I was really pleased to see was the three ball is not going to be there for this team, right? There's not going to be a good three-point shooting team. Yeah. But they still found ways to get shots on the inside, right? I think they finished with almost 60 points in the paint, 5-14 from three which is how you're going to have to win games, right? You're going to have to rely on the occasional three from Mike Miles, but for the most part, you're going to have to get inside. And getting guys like Eddie Lampkin, those offensive rebounds, I think he had like four or five in this game. Jacoby Coles got involved in the in the inside as well. Like that's, it's, it's, a, it's a style of bully ball, right? It's a style of just getting on the inside, getting those, they're tough shot makers, right? Mike Miles is a tough shot maker. Um, even somebody like a, um, uh, like a PJ Haggerty who got a couple minutes, right? Yeah. So Shahada Wells is a tough shot maker. Micah Peavy is a guy who can make those type of shots. And when you get Damian Bob back, you know, you hope you knock everybody down a peg in terms of responsibility and you make it easier on yourself. So I don't know. I think Micah Peavy is somebody who's needed to step up and he's played well in recent games um, without Damian Ball. And even from last year, I felt like he didn't really do as much as he probably should have or could have last year. Um and he's been somebody who's stepped up a little bit. And Mike Miles, of course, is going to be who he is. But as we know with this team, and as they kind of, in those bad losses they had or bad performances they had, they got in shooting matches, right? They got in track mm-hmm. track meets. And that's just not how you can win games. And if you can get on the front foot and get inside and make those type of shots and make somebody else play a slower tempo style of game, you're, you're in. You know, you're going to be in, the, in most games you play. Yeah, I think uh, you you kind of hit on it. One of my biggest takeaways was Micah Peavy's aggress aggression level in this mm-hmm. game offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Damian Ball out, they needed that who's going to be the off guard scorer or who's going to at least take some shots. And the answer was Micah Peavy. Uh, I was really surprised he came out. I think he scored five of the first nine or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit a three, went two or four from three on the game. Uh, five of thirteen from two. So was it the most efficient performance ever? No, but. I mean, someone on this TCU team has to shoot and look to be aggressive other than Mike Miles, and he is right. um, looks like he's a lot more comfortable on the offensive side of the ball than maybe he's been uh, even when he was back at TCU at T- or at Texas Tech, where Tech. he was kind of a slasher type, you know, filling the gaps here. If mm-hmm. Micah Peavy can legitimately score the ball and look to be aggressive, whether it's off the dribble or off the cut, because he has some really nice cuts in this game too, that's huge, especially once they get Damian Ball back. So that's a that's something I wanted to highlight. That was one of my biggest takeaways was Michael Peavy's um, be, Michael Peavy yeah. being aggressive. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a four-star recruit coming out of Duncanville, you know? I mean, yeah. he's somebody who was expected to be kind of behind Jamias Ramsey, that the next up mm-hmm. kind of guy. 
And, you know, he hasn't been that. And so I think now is going to be a perfect opportunity to, to show that. So I will say an uh, interesting stat while I look at Ken Palm on TCU is um, mm-hmm. we know they are, they don't shoot a lot of threes, right? So they're 256 and three point tip rate. Not a surprise. Right. They are 31st in assists per field goal made. So assist ratio here. So yeah. they are, and that's what you kind of saw in the Iowa game. I thought they cut really well off the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were moving, I mean, really. I mean, really efficiently and effectively. So that's something to watch for there is if that number stays in the upper, you know, in the top 50 in the country and assists percentage, mm-hmm. that's a that's a huge credit to this team. And so that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. Yep. All right. Who else we got? Who's next here? Um, now, the other only other men's games um, I want to mention here, UTEP beat AM Corpus Christi 72 to 67. I know they were up. I want to say they were up close to 20 at one point in the mm-hmm. game. Aiden Corpus Christi fights back. Uh, UTEP ends up taking the win. Good for AM Corpus Christi to fight back. Um, I will say it was hard to find these stats. <laughs> I pressed live <laughs> stats in here, and it took me to a whole different site where I was having to look up things. But regardless, um, good win from UTEP. Good performance from AM Corpus Christi overall. And UTEP also won – uh, against CS Bakersfield. Yeah, and, so they're, they're five and one now. Yeah, they are five and one at this point. Which is, and... I mean, I'll just throw out some numbers because last year around this time, we were we were kind of like, okay, this team's kind of up and down, right? The numbers aren't, we, we knew the roster wasn't going to be his roster, right? So it was kind of be, we were going to just test the growing pains. Now, and again, the competition hasn't been great. They played Texas to open the year. Look, Pretty good for you know for yeah. now what we can what we consider Texas being a top three team. Um they're 28th right now in effective field goal percentage defense, right? Like that. I'm not saying they hold on to that because you know, once they play conference USA opponents and things like that, but if they could stay in the 40-ish range, like which I think is absolutely doable, um, because you're not exactly gonna be playing blistering offenses in yeah. conference USA. Um I think this team could be really good. Like I really do. We mentioned how they didn't have a lot of flashy acquisitions, right? Shamar Givens isn't a flat Tay Hardy, not the flashy guys that, you know, it's not a Tyrese Hunter type thing, Mm -hmm. but these are guys that fit. These are guys, Tay Hardy, somebody who can defend. Right. And that's somebody who Joe Golding didn't have last year is that guy who can initiate the pressure, the ball pressure. And they're starting to get that. Um, and then the other thing that they're doing that I think is just, I think is just pretty interesting is they're not shooting pretty, they're not shooting badly either. Like three point wise. Yeah, sure. They're, they're not a great shooting team, but like in terms of shot selection, they're pretty good. Like they're pretty okay so far. Um, again, competition will change and that'll, you know, that number will probably drop and they'll probably be where Joe Golding teams typically are, which is probably (laughs) near, near the bottom, but, um, they're looking more like a team that he was hired to, to put together. Yeah. I mean, they uh, sim- they're similar similar to TCU. They mm-hmm. know they can't shoot great, and they don't mm-hmm. shoot a lot of threes at all. Right. So, um, they embrace who they are defensively. I mean, opponents are shooting twenty one percent from three on them, and then they're shooting twenty five percent from three. So yeah, that's just active hands, man. They're just like I said, they're they're quicker, right? They're smaller than last year, but they're quicker, mm-hmm. which is yeah. I think is going to be huge going forward. Yeah, I found the box score by the way. Finally, okay. Tay Hardy twelve, Jamari Sibley twelve. Um, and of Corpus Christi, man. I've said it before. They're starting five. I love their starting that's five. That's a good. That's a good. I'm saying, Mashila, Murdoch, Jackson, Tennyson, Keith. That's yeah. 
I'll take that start, like solid. top to bottom starting five. Like that should roll the Southland. That should roll. pound for pound. Like outside of you know, take Texas, Houston, and probably Baylor out. Pound for pound, that starting five is legit, man. In the state, that's an interesting. That's an interesting topic right there. Like that's yeah, not I yeah. I was, like that's a it, like just like pound for pound, taking into account context. Like that's yeah. a top five four in the state starting lineup. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm just looking at it for for those who aren't uh, don't know, Murdoch's eighteen. Jalen Jackson, 16, who doesn't usually score that much. Uh, Trayvon mm-hmm. Tennyson, 14. Isaac Mushila, 12. So all in double figures there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, good game. Good good game between two uh, quality Texas basketball programs here. And then the last thing I've written down is North Texas Oof. because we didn't talk about them last two podcasts, I don't think. And so I want to make sure, like I said before, sometimes I forget to talk about North Texas because mm-hmm. I just, you know, your, watch Your them. boy's back. And – they're back, right? So they beat yeah. Fresno State. And um, sorry, let me pull up the schedule so that way I don't mispronounce. Paul Quinn College, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Junior, uh, Division Two. So I was like, okay, win those two games. They beat San Jose State. They beat Long Beach State. They thoroughly, both of those as well, uh, 15 plus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, they're back. They figured it out. Tyler Perry went seven of seven from three against Long Beach State. Man, he's good. Um, so good. And then he's like didn't shoot in their next game in the championship game against UNC Wilmington. I don't know what happened. Let me pull up the box score because my eyes told me one thing. So let's make sure <laughs> the numbers match that up. But it felt like they were kind of forcing the ball to Abu. And I was like, kind of what's happening? Kai Hunt. Did they see like a mismatch or something? Yeah. So Tyler Perry ends up and, and also he went three of three from three in the last minute and a half to kind of cut this game in. So he hmm. really shot 10 times the entire game he ends the game with 15 shots shots but five those five of those were in the last two or three minutes of the game right and it was just really weird um it feels like they're still trying to figure out offensively but i thought they may had maybe turned the corner all i'll say is and i think for you know for those who don't watch north texas i think it's pretty simple last year they had basically found an equation to win games with jj murray thomas bell and Tyler Perry, Abu, and all these guys. They figured it out. They said, we're going to be a top 20 defense in the entire country, play the mm-hmm. slowest tempo in the country, and just suffocate you until you die. Yep. And this if we year, need a shot, we got a guy who can hit a shot. Exactly. This year, they have actual weapons here. There's no JJ and there's no Thomas, so they have actual weapons on offense. Right. And now it's going to be an actual something to watch is that they can be diverse on offense a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Now, how long does it take them to f- figure out, you know, who gets the shots where I think that's, what's going to determine this team's ceiling is how they can distribute shots because it's, there's no more like JJ Murray shooting two times in 35 minutes, right. or, you know, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, um, it was disheartening that they lost to UNC Wilmington by four uh, and the offense didn't look good, but I think those are the lumps this team is going to have. I still think this team's ceiling is pretty high. Like I've said before, like a top three team in conference USA. I think so. I think the one, the one worry I have right now is they have Tyler Perry doing a lot right now. Like he's 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 a, like I want to say he's like fourth in the country in usage. And like granted, if he's that good, he's that good. You know, let him let the best player mm-hmm. have the ball on the floor. Um, he's averaging. He's probably going to punch up to probably about twenty points a game probably by the end of the year. Um, and he's still technically coming back from you know it, it technically coming back good. from injury still. Yeah. Um, but he's still doing a lot. And so that's my thing is like, what happens if you? And again, this is something that. 
develops over the season, right? You learn how to play without him a little bit more. You learn what your offense looks like, things like that. I just do have a small question. And it could, again, it could be a question that just solves itself by him staying healthy and not having to worry about that. But I do wonder about this team if he's not going at this level. Because right now he's playing like, you know, easily, you know, we talked about Jelly Walker last year. Like he's easily looking like a conference player of the year, right? Like um, going in, it'll probably be a, him and Jelly Walker going into it. But um yeah. We'll see. But yeah, that's my only thing is like, he looks so good right now that I'm like, I don't know about this team outside of him uh, he is, um, competitively. He's currently 17 of 33 from three on the year, 51.5%. So <sighs> my all I know. He's number one. He's number one box uh, offensive. Uh, actually, I think offensive and overall uh, plus minus right now. <laughs> in the country <laughs> like he's it, it makes that makes sense because without him they lost to st mary's by 30 points and then, <laughs> and then he comes back they beat fresno and i know those are different correlated but whatever still still um yeah i mean I th- again i think their ceiling is pretty high i, I think, think so too like if he's playing at this level like let him go you know <laughs> but conference USA is good this year it is um very good it is good. So we'll see how that goes. But I wanted to give that a shout out. And then also, I don't have this, I didn't have that written, this written down, but Sam Houston State, I was ready to yell, rank them if they beat Nevada. They did not beat Nevada. Heart is broken. Um, I cannot say that Sam Houston State deserves to be ranked anymore. But still, very good start for Sam Houston, who is. They had a brief game. moment. They had a yeah. moment where everybody was on. They're not going away. Let's put it that way. But no. yeah, it is a little bum, a little bumming to to kind of run into that. Man, I was not expecting. I mean, right now they're the highest ranked team in Kempom in the WAC, and it's uh, second is Grand Canyon, then Seattle, then New Mexico State, and I'm just here like, San Diego State's 37th in defense at this point. They shut down Oklahoma. Um, they shut down Utah. I mean. They're really – this is the first team to break, what, 55 on them all year? Yeah, something like that. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. They got Oklahoma State Tuesday, Tuesday, December 6th, so that'll be a game I'm interested in watching. But, uh, yeah, Sam Houston State, we still recognize how good you are, but I, you, Unfortunately, I don't, you have, I don't have you ranked now. anymore on my ballot. <laughs> um, and then the uh, last thing before we get to the women's is uh, on Wednesday night, A&M plays SMU. Again, we talked about last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, A&M has picked up a little bit of momentum, seemingly. Uh, SMU, I haven't checked SMU's recent schedule, but that's going to be the game where, like we said last podcast, loser, uh, we're not feeling great about. Not feeling great about the loser. Yeah, it's it's going to be a uh, it's going to be some. I don't know if I'm out on whoever loses, but it's going to be some some uh, little squinty eyes heading there, like mm, what you what are you about right now? Whoever loses exactly. that game, <laughs> exactly. All right, to the women. Rice and Texas A&M, it was probably the game of the year so far, mm. in my opinion. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even one of those, like, double overtime games. It wasn't one of those, like, oh, wow, this is coming down to the wire. Right. Rice beat Texas A&M handily? Is that too much to say? They won 66-58. Yeah. Okay. You know, it wasn't a blowout by any means. But Rice sure. looked like the better team to me. And they look like the rice teams of a couple years ago remember when they were running conference USA, like they look that like dominant, except in a way that they're more well-rounded than those teams. I think. Yes. 
because that team was very, those teams were very much Erico Gumake and Nancy Mulkey and some contributing help. But now it's like you got Malia Fish, you got Ashley Austin, you got Destiny Jackson, you got you know uh, India Bellamy. Like you have players everywhere. Caitlin Crossway, like a lot of I love Caitlin Crossway's shot is, uh, dude, it's where hmm. she can shoot the ball. Yes, and so now you pick. You know, A and M was looking pretty good under Joni Taylor so far, and I want to say. The first half, AM looked like the better team. They, I think they defensively were a lot better. Um, I was watching the press conference afterward. And Joni Taylor mentioned like defensive consistency is going to be the the concern with this team because first half they look great. And the second half they give up 41, right? And that's what loses them the game because they can't right right now they're not at the level where they can score with teams like Rice if they can if they start clicking. Um, and so yeah, Rice was able to find easy points. I think they finished shooting. 54% from two. And so like, and then that's just not AM's game. And that's not the way Johnny Taylor wants to play. So yeah, they were able to, you know, just kind of get things going in the second half and rice wasn't, or uh, AM wasn't able to, to stay with them. Malia Fisher was even battling foul trouble for portions of this game. She only played mm-hmm. 20 minutes and yeah. I thought she was awesome in those 20 minutes. Um, Janiah Barker for Texas A&M. Uh, I'm I'm really glad I had the foresight to pick her on my team when we did our preseason. Yeah, that's draft. a good pick, man. Man, she's good. <laughs> she's she puts up be a 19 star. and 12. 19 and 12. Um, and she is awesome, man. She is really, really good. She has to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do I word this? It's clear that she's looking for her own shot, but this sure. team needs her to look for her own shot. She went eight of fifteen, so it's not like she was inefficient. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this team needs her. They need her to be a, a playmaker. And I think while like a player like Sydney Bowles and Sahara Jones, you know, aren't the most efficient players, I kind of look at them the same way. And this probably isn't a great comparison, but I, I look at them in a similar way that I look at Baylor's guards with Sarah Andrews and Jamie Asbury. Mm-hmm. Is kind of need them to be aggressive, to be valuable. Sure. It's just you know, depending on the night, how efficient they are. But you still right. have Janai Barker there, who is going to be your best player. So um, I left the game actually pretty okay with Texas A&M. Uh, I mean, they got plenty of posts to throw at people. Jada, Mal- Jada Malone, Sydney Roby, Aaliyah Patty. I mean, mm-hmm. and Jan- Janiah Barker, plenty of posts, and the guards are kind of figuring it out. Uh, I felt pretty good about A&M, but, man, Rice is a freaking juggernaut at this point. They look they look so good right now. Wow. <laughs> Malia I was Fisher smiling looks like watching their offense. I was just smiling. Yeah. No, they've done such a good job so far. Um, it's taking that next step. And it, again, they didn't add anybody like major. It's just like running back a lot of the same contributors from last year and just like having getting a year older in the system. And yeah, I mean, more, you know, to finish up on AM, like, yeah, I think AM's going to be fine, right? They have, they don't have an incredible, incredibly tough schedule from here on out until they get to conference play. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll have some chances to make that up. And actually, I think they have, they might have, uh, I'm trying to think. They might have Kansas. Kansas will be pretty tough, but that's about it. Like outside of that, then they of course get South Carolina, which you know it is what it is. But um, I don't know, man. They're they're looking really good, and I, I'm this team's looking promising, right? And and this is going to be a rebuilding year. You have a bunch of young talent. You have a coach who knows how to play it, who knows her style. Um, but yeah, this is more about Rice. Rice's offense just looks sensational right now. And it wasn't even they didn't even they went four fourteen from three. Yeah, they didn't even it, it, well, was, yeah. it wasn't even like they were out here lighting it up or nothing. They were cutting dribbling posting mm-hmm. they were dicing up and by the way Texas rice is game. rice is gonna have some fun games coming up they got tcu houston and sam houston before they start conference play they're so 
I was about to say, they might be unbeaten going into Conference USA play, which is going to be fun as hell. Rank Rice. Let's I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. I don't know. I didn't see the poll. I didn't see if they were receiving votes or anything, but. <laughs> rank fun. Rice. That's all I know. Yeah. That's all I know. Um, First 6-0 start in program history for Rice. Which is nuts considering some of the teams they've had. Right. right. Shout out to um, uh, them. And then also Sydney Bowles from Texas A&M is the ultimate J.R. Smith in our state right now. Um, just pulls <laughs> from everywhere off the dribble, off the bounce. She's got a little swag to her game. The and state's own J.R. I love that. Yeah, she's the J.R. Smith of the state right now. And uh, But it's clear, like, I, I literally wrote down, like, her shot selection's crazy, mm-hmm. but she had two catch and shoots, and you were just like, she's not missing. And it's just like, <laughs> it's kind of like when J.R. Smith was playing off Braun, you were just like, all right, he got a right. good look. It's going in. But yep. then he can also just take some crazy shots and it goes in. That's kind of what Sydney Bowles is. She's a freshman. Her yep. and Janai Barker are going to be really, really good in the coming They'll weeks. be good. They'll be good to go. All right. Um, Baylor women. This was interesting. Yeah. This was interesting because we – I – I'll speak for myself. <sighs> I sold my Baylor stock when when Elijah uh, – when Elijah uh, – Asia Blackwell – and then was out for the year. And then Drayana Edwards is out for an undisclosed amount of time. I don't know if we have any clarity on that. I haven't done my research. But yeah. both were still out going into um, this tournament. Uh, they beat St. Louis by like 100. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, cool. They beat Villanova, the number 23 team in the country, mm-hmm. uh, 75 to 70. And then they lose to Michigan, respectively, 84 to 75. So now I'm I'm scrambling. Um, my my financial advisor is over here. Like I think you should buy back in, and I just, I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't want to do it, but here I am. My maybe having to buy back in on Baylor women's basketball, um, yeah. even though they're starting Jaden Owens, uh, and she had 22 points on nine to 13 shooting. Just, like, she was how good. How sustainable is all of this? Like, are they actually going to be this good without these two players? Yeah, so what I, from what I understand, and I don't know if she's provided any clarity, Drianna Edwards is an eligibility issue um, okay. so far, which God could stretch for as who the hell knows how long, right? She could, she could yeah. show up in March and be like, I'm, I'm eligible, right? <laughs> like, um, but that's, that's a wrench because that could be a week, that could be two months, so who knows? Um, so at least we know it's not injury with her, so there is potentially a finality coming whenever it does. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Hopefully maybe January or something. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's just unfortunate to not have a timetable. Of course, we know Asia Blackwell's most likely. I don't think they've officially said, but she, it did not sound good um, as far as like her coming back this season. Yeah, I'm. I think they're going to be fine in terms of like a competitive Big Twelve team. I don't see them competing in the conference. I really, just really don't. For the title. Um, for the title, yes. Sorry, that's what I mean. I think they're third fourth place team um because like you mentioned it's a lot of Jaden owens who had a pretty good game but to me i'm a little more worried that we haven't seen that level of sarah andrews again right um we kind of saw her come to the forefront a little bit and be like oh is this gonna be the new norm right i forgot who it was against against maryland i think um where it was like oh is this the new norm for her haven't really seen that again she's been fine she's been playing good um but they've they need that alpha to kind of come out of her and i just don't know if the system calls for that 
if she's kind of playing within, she's still playing fine. Like she's shooting fine. She's passing the ball fine, things like that. But, you know, I kind of expected to see more of that aggression. Um, and so, I mean, the player, I will say the one player I've been happy to see is uh, Caitlin Bickles played very aggressively. Yes. She's averaging like 12, 13 points a game um, against uh, Villanova. She had a couple, you know, she received the ball at the top of the key, saw a mismatch and drove to the basket. Like she's being a lot more aggressive, which is a very welcome sight especially if um, Edwards is going to be out for a little bit. Um, so, you know, if she can play at this level, right, give you double figures, okay, cool. That's something that you probably didn't expect. Um, but, yeah, it's just that the rest of that cast. I just do not know if there's somebody waiting to emerge because that's kind of what I'm waiting on is that next, you know, Asia Black yeah. one, Drown Edwards weren't going to be here for multiple years, but who was going to be that player <laughs> that was going to be here to build off of those two? Yeah, forward. and I, I mean the depth that this team has compared to last year's is incredible. Oh, I was about to say those two those two yeah. absences would like kill last year's team. <laughs> exactly, last year's team if they lost two two starters, it doesn't matter who it was. If they lost two of anybody, they'd be they done. Would, they'd be done. Done. So the fact they're still doing this with those two out is is awesome. Jaden Owens last year scored over five points three times, mm-hmm. three times. Yeah, this year she scored over five in every single game. She has scored double figures four times against Michigan. She had 22 points against Villanova. She had 17 points against uh, St. Louis. She had 11 points and 10 assists. Mm-hmm. This is not a young player. She's a senior Yeah, coming in here and doing this. I think we just have to give her all the credit in the world sure. for stepping up here and doing for, for playing at this level after multi, I mean, years of being kind of a fringe rotation type player someone who could sure. play i mean she played in every game last year but she was not a you know key player she's leading the team in assists right now to step in yeah and play the way that she's playing right now it is, is incredible so shout out mm-hmm. to Jaden Owens because that's what this team needs right that's what we're talking about is like it's hard to expect the freshman to step up so quickly it's hard to expect you know the Jamie Asbury and and Sarah Andrews to be super efficient Mm-hmm. I mean, here comes Jaden Owens, and she is – I mean, she shot over 50% in all but two games this year, and she's filling it up. So I feel like that that Shaq meme where it's like, I wasn't familiar with your game. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, have, I owe you an apology. <laughs> like, I owe you an apology. And I was never I was never down on Jaden Owens or anything, but it's just like right. I, I wasn't familiar with the game. I didn't know she had this in her. Right. But here it is. Yeah. So, no, that's – yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. No, it's – there are players stepping up um overall which is why i think they'll be fine in the big 12 like i just but i just think when it gets to the top you know you have texas you have iowa state even oklahoma maybe um that's kind of where i wonder if they can punch through because you know the talent's there like you mentioned the talent's there to be baylor in like in some aspect right as in to not fall to the the pack um but i just think punching into that top part this year might be might be a little a task too far but if they do if they get it done they get it done and you know we're, we're kind of seeing nikki collins system really come through this year so if it if it hits if they get more familiar with it by the time conference plays cool awesome yeah utsa women uh we talked about them last podcast uh the mm-hmm. biggest one of the year of probably the of the two the last two years uh so far under karen Aston. uh they went to las vegas and we we said on the last podcast, Missouri State was going to be a very difficult matchup considering how good Missouri State is every single year. And yeah, Missouri State won by 23. Okay, wipe that game off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose to St. John's 69-64 competitive game. Good result. Uh, my main takeaway, though, is uh, Jordan Jenkins. It looks like 
because she was kind of inconsistent for the first what, four games of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she put up 20, let me see, 22 against Missouri State and 25 against St. John's. When they play teams that have more talent than them, they're going to be able to rely on her to, to put up 20 plus points. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a really reassuring thing. They'll be able to win some games that maybe they shouldn't win because sure. of her. Yeah, no, I think so. I think, you know, we'll, we're going to keep mentioning this team just because no matter what's happening, they're an overall just majorly improved product. Um, they got Texas State coming up on, we're recording this on Tuesday. They have Texas State coming up on Wednesday. Yes. Um, and so that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, so I'm going to be fascinated about this one. By the way, Baylor, uh, I didn't realize they have UTA coming up. Oh, That is going to be a fun one. UTA is two and four, but their two their four losses are Kansas, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Toledo, like really good teams. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun game to watch if for Baylor and UTA. Um, I just saw that right now looking at their schedule. Well, I also have UTA. UTA plays North Texas. Oh, uh, they do? Today. Yeah. Okay. And so we could, real quickly, talking about North Texas, yeah. um, I'm pretty pretty disappointed uh, with, with yeah. North Texas at this point. Uh, lost to Louisiana Lafayette uh, in a game that they were up, what, seven going to the fourth quarter? and end up losing by one and right. ull is not a very good team no. uh, quincy noble puts up 27 points and then just nobody else scratched double figures so mm-hmm. um i think yeah. uta should beat north texas feel pretty good about saying that probably yeah i think jocelyn more somebody double just digits. has not looked very good right now yeah so um we'll see we'll see that game is tonight so we'll see how that plays out but yeah uh, UL also then beat Abilene Christian, so I guess UL maybe maybe they are a juggernaut or something. But yeah, UNT. I think it says more about UNT and Abilene Christian at this point in the sure. year uh, than does U- Louisiana Lafayette. Maybe I need to go to Lafayette and check out that team. But yeah, those are the games from I think it was the Denton North Texas Invitational or something during Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Houston State lost to Division Two St. Mary's, which was uh, disappointing because I think they had started off the year pretty well. Um, I still think they can be decent. And then, uh, like you said, UTA lost to Cincinnati and Toledo. So that was the rundown I have there. Any okay. any strong uh, strong takeaways? No, not really. Like I said, um, Baylor's going to be one to watch, obviously, going forward. UTA is, like I said, two and four, but their record does not reflect how good they are right now. It's been a tough non-conference schedule. Um, and UNT, I mean, again, the Jocelyn Moore thing is starting to have a little, lot of Zach Nuttall vibes right now. Um, That's really good. So, movie pump. That's a really yeah, pump. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But she's not. She, she's shooting like 28% from three or something. Like, it's pretty bad right now. So, oh boy. hopefully something turns around there. We'll see. North Texas is two and three at this point. Um, like you said, they got UT, like I said, they have UTA tonight. They have yeah. Oklahoma State December 3rd. And then SMU December 7th. So, Put up or shut up. Yep. We'll uh, by the way, Justin will have a ISO piece on UTEP, the women, uh, who are five and one right now. I think they just picked up a win over the, or they just lost their first game over the week they in Sacramento State. Um, but still, great start for them. We have they're a team. Obviously, we talked about having kind of no idea what they would be, and they've been pretty good. So uh, yeah, watch up. Uh, head to TexasBasketball.com for that piece. Uh, should be up by the time this shows out. Yep. Last shout out I have here is um, Texas Tech beat uh, Middle Tennessee uh, in the Las Vegas Invitational. Let me see what the other result uh, was here. Then they beat Mercer 78-66. So a couple nice wins uh, for Texas Tech. Middle Tennessee is always a good team in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. So uh, main thing, though, is 
Riley McKinney once again leading them in scoring, 19 points. It's good to see Briamber Scott back healthy, 16 points. Yes. And uh it's it's they got some depth. I, I feel I don't know. I feel the same I feel the same way that I did before the season about them. They are yeah capable, but I don't think they have the highest ceiling. So it's like, you know, if they can be competitive, like we said about like we said for Baylor, you know, maybe fighting that four range in the conference, mm-hmm. four or five range, I think that'd be pretty good for them. For sure. All right, that's that's it. That's all we got. Um, there we go. Time flies. I did not know we were already at forty minutes. Look at that. that was, we can talk, we can talk ball, man. We can talk ball. Yeah, we, we can we can talk ball. We can um we can have fun. Uh, all right, but yeah, I already t- touched on the games. I'm looking forward to what, uh, seeing this week. A and M SMU on the men's side, and then on the women's side, North Texas UTA, A and M Kansas UTSA Texas State. So those are some uh, for y'all to check out this week. And yeah, that's all we got. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. Leave us a like. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already it's on YouTube. If you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five-star rating and review. Wherever you're listening, send it to a friend. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of it. Uh, check us out on Twitter at DCT Basketball. And yeah, it is uh, heating up. Hope everybody had a good uh, Thanksgiving, and we will talk to you all later.